This is Everything is Black and White podcast brought to you by Chronicle Live and sponsored by Hodgson Motor Group, bringing you the latest insight into everything to do with Newcastle United. Find us on iTunes, Spotify or most podcast providers. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Musgrove, here at St James's Park. It was uh, Newcastle United nil, Burnley nil, joined by our football editor, Mark Douglas. Mark, uh, change in formation, um, but an improved performance, but still the negatives are there, no goals in about six hours now. Um, what did you make of today's today's game? Well, I mean, it's... You know, it's a grim watch again. To be perfectly honest, it was it was better. But I think I, I definitely think it was better. Um, but we're starting from a low bar, really, in terms of the last few the last few performances, uh, home games. Now that's three in a row where they haven't scored. And I think, you know, my concern is that you know it was a little bit better. But you've got a um, you know an eighty million pound strike force. They've spent a lot of money on three players. One of them. You know, to be fair, wasn't fit today, so I didn't didn't start. Jillington, okay, he's now out on the wing. I think we've said on the podcast post match post match podcast before. You know, they spent forty million pound on a number nine, and he's just said in the press conference there he looks more comfortable playing off the side. They could have gone to the, they could have gone and pl- got a player from the championship to do that job for maybe a third of what they spent on on Jillington. That worries me. Um, and Almiron actually looked quite. Okay today. I thought there were, you know, there's some bright spots. Shelby looked, Shelby looked bright for the first half. Gale, I thought Gale looked a bit sharper um, than uh, than he has done for for a while. And like we said, you know, Almiron was okay as well. But it's it's grim fare. And and I think I just feel for people who who are paying to watch it at the moment because it is it isn't it isn't great. And they they did change things around. They were a little bit better, but. You know, again, they've got to they've got to be winning. You know, they've had Norwich and Burnley now at home, and they've they've not scored in either of those games, and they've not won either uh, in either of those games. And while they do still have this seven point gap, there's still a lot of games to go, um, and it could get it could get tighter. And and it's depressing, really, that that is the sole focus in the Premier League now. Um, and a lot is now riding on the game on Tuesday, isn't it? Because that keeps the season alive. Because um, if it's not, then I think you know you're looking at it's been a pretty grim, grim last few weeks. What do you think the plan was today from what I saw, from what I watched? It looked like getting the ball to Shelby and playing in Gale either over the top or in between the defenders. And it worked a couple of times. There was a chance in the, in the first half when Gale's touch just took it away uh, from him. And then I think there was another one in, in, the, in, the, in the second half. There was, you know, uh, how shall I say, there was ingredients of something yeah. there. Um, and we just need them fully fit. Yeah, I mean, um, so they, it looked to me like when they were when they were in possession, it was more like a four going forward, which is which it hasn't been for, for a while, you know, because they also had Matt Ritchie playing, I thought, in a more offensive role. Um, so there was definitely attempts to, to do something different. Um, and they've got one or two players to come back. Obviously, Carroll's the one that everybody will be looking to as well, because there were a few times in the second half where he he would have fancied his, he would have fancied it today, wouldn't he? Um, you know, you could see they were trying to do something different. I think Joe Linton's future, if he's going to do anything at Newcastle United, is going to be playing in that role because that's where he looks much more comfortable. You know, un, un kind of hindered by the burden of having to score goals, which is ironic because he's a number nine and they've spent all that money on him. Um, and you know that that will be the future. So I think it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because the bigger picture is really concerning because there are big issues. I think at Newcastle United that are starting to kind of you know come into play and and it, and it does concern me that it really does but I suppose in the smaller 
picture after the last week, the way the last few weeks have gone, then you'd have to say it's a little bit better. And hopefully, you know, with two important games to come now, West Brom on Tuesday and then Southampton next weekend, hopefully it's a sign that, you know, they've, they've stopped the rot a little bit and they're going to turn it on. But, you know, I, I still have grave concerns about quite a few things. And my biggest one is, you know, you've got a, a head of recruitment here who signed, you know, or, well, whoever has signed Jolinton, whoever's done that, whoever's going to come forward and talk about it, because I know Steve Bruce has been talking about it, it wasn't really him. Justify to me why he's playing on the left wing today. Um, and, you know, he just doesn't look like he's... He, the, the problem is, I know they've had chances today, and I think Steve Bruce has said, been a bit positive there and said they had 20 opportunities, but it wasn't like they were knocking the door down. It wasn't like they were coming up with loads of clear chances. Um and that's the concern, isn't it? You know, it's it. It was. It's like I said. You know, there's the two competing things. Of yes, it was a bit better today, but overall, it's grim. It's really grim that the seasons could become. They had a chance to kick on a little bit, but it doesn't appear to be. Um, that's that's what's going to happen. So we just have to hope that Tuesday goes well, and we have something to look forward to there. But something to build on for Tuesday. They've got this kind of new setup. You assume that it's probably something they'll take into Tuesday, and then. You know, further on in the season, um, and they kind of go into Tuesday on a bit of a bounce now because if they'd gone in and they'd lost today, Tuesday it would have affected their mood and would yeah. probably not been the best, the best, uh, the best thing to do after defeat. Yeah, I mean, as I said, it's it's glass half full, glass half empty, and I think for me, I'm sorry to be a bit negative, but you know, it, it's a nil nil against Burnley at home. You know, in Burnley, uh, I, I think. We've got to put these things in context. The three teams they've played and not scored against are Norwich, smallest budget in the Premier League, having a go. Um, obviously, they're probably going to go down, I think, but having a go. Oxford, well, I mean, League One team. Burnley, well, Burnley haven't spent a lot of money. You know, Burnley aren't a big Premier League team. Newcastle have to aspire to be more than this. They have to aspire to be more than this. And they will say, we do aspire to be more than this, but you've got a manager there after the game and I understand where he's coming from but he's saying he was pleased with aspects of it he probably was but this is Newcastle United can we not expect a little bit more than what we've had this season which is you know be grateful for small mercies we're still in the cup yeah you are but you've only played two League One teams not beating them after two replays and um, you know 32 points now but you know the last goal that they scored was in injury time against Everton if I'm going to be critical that was a grim performance so you know it is I was just looking for more of a statement I think they did improve but let's not pretend this was the first shot in the Brucey revolution in terms of you know changing things a lot because he mentioned in the press conference before the game that right this is I'm going to put my mark on the team now because I've got to because it was Rafa's tactics that got us to this stage but it's maybe the time's over for them well it wasn't quite the leap forward that, that we needed it wasn't disastrous and uh, there were definitely aspects of it that were better but um, they're going to have to improve because I think they're going to need another f- f- another six points minimum maybe so they've got to get two wins from somewhere Um and you would have fancied that Norwich, Burnley, Crystal Palace, they would have got more than two points out of a possible nine there. So that's a concern. I guess in context, Burnley have come here 
unbeaten in five, yeah. won four of the last five, drawn the other yeah. one. And according to their guys who cover the, the team, they've, yeah, they played, they, well they played really well. Yeah. And today Newcastle stopped that and been playing devil's advocate. But, you know, is that not some kind of praise there? Um, yeah, I mean, you could you could say that, yeah, but they're still limited. I mean, you saw from them today that they're not a... Yeah, it's like it's like when you kind of talk about Newcastle's eight game unbeaten run. Okay, Burnley are doing are doing well, and they're a solid, organised team. Um, but you know, it's not you're not playing Arsenal, or you're not playing Man City here today. You're not playing Liverpool. You're not playing. I mean, yes, I suppose you've got to argue that in in that context, it, you know, yes. But I, I'm not sure. I I sort of buy that because you've seen today what their limitations are. Um, and Newcastle really have to they, they have to be better than than you kind of teams like Burnley to be perfectly honest they have to be you know they are they're spending more money their wage bills bigger everything about Newcastle United should be geared up to being not thinking that a point at home to Burnley is a good result um it's a wider point isn't it i suppose we're getting away from the the general performance which was like you said they were better than a team that's in good form so i suppose that is something to be positive about but i think as a wider point you know, what is this club about? What does it aspire to be? And that is the big sort of thing that everybody's been wrestling with this season. And, and a lot of fans don't want to get behind this kind of current iteration of Newcastle United because they just feel that there isn't there isn't that desire to kind of kick on anymore. And um, you have to say that, you know, that, that, that at times when you look out there, you sort of think, well, what has that money been spent on? Because they have, they have paid a bit of money, but they haven't spent it on players who... You know, necessarily going to take them forward. I mean, t- you know, what they did in January, uh, there was Danny Ray's was the only player playing today. Over two transfer windows, they've signed Jalinton, St. Maximum, Kraft, um, Jetra Williams, obviously injured. But of the players they've signed in the last two transfer windows, there was Jalinton was the only one playing today. <laughs> and Danny Rose, of course, as well, yeah. So that's two out of however much they've. I'm sorry, but we have to start asking questions about the recruitment here um, because, you know, Steve Nixon's been kind of flown under the radar a little bit, but what's going on there? You know, what, who, who's making the signings? Who's doing the doing the groundwork? Because, you know, that today they've gone back to the players. You know, they've brought in a lot of... They've brought made five changes today and the players that they've brought in are all players that came in on, on, under Rafa Benitez. Now, we were... We were led to believe by Lee Charney that, you know, one of the things that they couldn't agree on, which is why Rafa left, was because it was felt that he he signed too many players that were sort of of the same kind of calibre. But they're the players that they've turned to today, um, you know, with Mankio coming back in and, um, you know, Gale as well. It, it's, it, you know, there are bigger issues at play here, but hopefully this is the start of them getting a little bit back on track staying up in the Premier League and at least we can have these big debates in the summer with them still a Premier League team because I think they need to stay in that division well there we are thanks Mark for joining us we'll head over and find Lee Ryder um, to get his views on today's 0-0 draw here at St James's Park we hope we've enjoyed this episode so far it's sponsored by Hodgson Motor Group the North East number one family owned Toyota Mazda and Suzuki dealership group please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast through wherever you get your podcasts from. Now joined by Chief Sports writer Lee Ryder. Lee, just back there from the mix zone. Um, what was the general feeling from those you spoke to? Well, I think 
from a professional footballer's point of view, they'll say a nil-nil draw against a team like Burnley, who've you know had a good season, who are now six unbeaten and, and keeping the clean sheet. They'll think this wasn't the worst result in the world. Um, obviously, a win would have been brilliant for Newcastle. It would have just just pulled them away from that sort of relegation battle that's brewing. But overall, point not the worst result in the world. It stops a rot. Obviously, that they'd lost two games. Um, they changed the shape, and that seemed to to work in terms of creating chances. If only they could just finish one. But I think you know if they stick with this formation now, and as the games go on, uh, hopefully people like Dwight Gale will get sharper, and they can um, you know just end this this run that they've been on without without a win. And obviously the six hour goal drought, which is obviously a big worry. But um, overall. It's not the worst result in the world. Could have been better, yes. Um, but it's probably one that just edges them that little bit closer to the 40-point mark. You mentioned Dwight Gale there. If this system is going to be successful, it's going to rely on him. You can't really see Joe Linton being the, the centre figure into, into that the, the way it's set out. So it's going to rely on him, like you say, getting sharper but remaining fit. Yeah. He looks like he's come through there unscathed. There was a few sprints where you were, oh, is he going to pull up again? But he, you know, he looks fit, he looks healthy, and he just needs to get that much sharpness under his belt. Yeah, he does. And I, th- I think with Dwight Gale, he's he's a lot more of an intelligent player than people give him credit for uh, I think he links up play quite well I think if you go back to that Wolves game when he sort of laid one off for Almiron uh, he brings people into it um, today I think he was he's done everything but score really um, you know he was away at West Brom wasn't he he got all them goals was it last season for them so now he's just he's waited a long time for another chance at Newcastle he always wanted to come back um, but hopefully now he can he ten games left in the Premier League, still in the cup. Big one going back to West Brom for him. I think really you know, maybe he can be the that, that spark that Newcastle have lacked uh, in recent weeks and you know Newcastle can finish the season on a high because they've certainly got a good platform now with thirty two points in the bank. As I say, it's, it's not as not the most brilliant it could be, but it's it's also been a lot worse down the years, so couple more wins now and they'll be safe but um, maybe they can push on and, and get a little bit more but they're certainly you know done enough to, to keep in touch with those above them um, in in the 90 minutes today um, John Joe Shelby back into the, to the fold he's been missing um, with injury Hayden also back in what did you make of their return to the starting 11 I thought actually it was one of Shelby's best games for a while I mean I think from what I've been told behind the scenes, he's been absolutely pounding it in the gym, um, getting fit. You know, he came off today frustrated, you know, waving his arms around that Newcastle didn't go on and win it today. And that's probably a good sign that you've got someone hungry to, to win games. Um, played some great balls over the top for Dwight Gale in the first half. Set Richie free, didn't he, in injury time. Maybe he's ruined the fact he maybe he could have took it on and got a low shot another corner of the goal, but... You know, he, he was unselfish, so can't blame him too much. And I think it was probably one of his better games. And hopefully, as I say, with 10 games to go now, it, it's going to coincide with people like Gale coming back, with people like Shelby coming back. And they can, um, you know, get a good haul of points out of those games. And Newcastle finish strongly and, and more importantly, as far away from that relegation zone as possible. With Hayden, is it a case that. Um 
people are saying, oh, he didn't pass that, he didn't go forward that often with these passes. You can, see, you can search social media for a bit of criticism, but is the case that he is in that team just to be a bit tidy to maybe just keep the ball deep in their own half, and then that allows Shelby to to pick out the pass to Gale or whoever is you know going forward. I mean, I haven't analysed it too deep. It sounds like what you're saying, Hayden's getting some criticism. A little bit. People are saying he didn't pass forward enough. There was maybe the people, you know, but. Yeah, and Bentleb was getting that as well last week, but at the end of the day, it's, it's almost like a holding midfield has got a certain job to do, and they're not going to go past three or four players and smash one in the top corner. I, you know, I, I'll have to sit and look at the stats, but I, I mean, Hayden was you know solid but unspectacular. As I say, Bentleb at the same getting a lot of stick the last couple of games, but I mean, he's another player coming back. Um, from fitness, but it's about you know these players getting on the ball and and trying to you know bring in other people, um, which you know Shelby's allowed to do because you, you can get forward that little bit more. So I think you guys have got an interesting decision now in midfield because you've got Sean Longstaff there, you've got Matty Longstaff, who's the live wire really, isn't he? Um, when he's on, it you, you definitely feel like something's you know going to happen. But Steve Bruce got options. In, in most areas now, I think he had 20 players, outfield players to pick from today, and there was some, you know, didn't even make the bench. So hopefully that bodes well. As I say, the last 10 games, 30 points up for grabs. Um, everyone's fighting for a place. Hopefully it's going to be for Newcastle's benefit. Alan St. Maxman uh, missing through or on the bench because of injuries. Uh, Bruce didn't feel he was 100%. Do you think that Matt Ritchie or Alan Max or um, Joe Linton, sorry, did enough um, for when Alan Max is fully fit to keep their place in the team? Because you would assume that it's either going to be Joe Linton or Matt Ritchie who who drops to the bench to, in, uh, to allow Sir Maxman to come in. Yeah, I mean, it's good to get the explainer in the press conference about Sir Maxman. It wasn't a, a stone cold sort of dropping like people. That's how it was sort of perceived before the game when the team sheet come out. Um, it's obviously an injury, something that has been troubling him. Steve Bruce insisting that he had actually gone to him and said, I'm I'm not feeling 100% here. So it's a shame, really, because we know what he can do. But by the same token, it was a good player to bring off the bench. And, you know, he did. He almost he got that got a toe on the ball, which played Shelby and which almost played Rich in to win it. So he could have had a, a really positive contribution in those last 13 minutes. Wasn't it be? Newcastle now dust themselves down and move on to, to West Brom in the FA Cup for what it's going to be an exciting um, exciting game, hopefully. Yes, and just before we let you get away, let's just have a, a brief conversation then about West Brom. and there's, there's a platform to build on from what we've seen here. Look, it wasn't brilliant to watch, but there were positives to take out of it, at least I thought there were, and they can take that into West Brom, who are going to play their strongest team, they're concentrating on getting promoted, but they can... They can go down to the Hawthorns and give it a good go, and you you're hoping to you know win comfortably within ninety minutes. Yeah, I think I think West Brom got beat today as well, so that makes it even more. Uh, it puts the emphasis on the league more than the cup. But that said, we can't get sucked into. They're not going to take it seriously that much because Slam Bilic is in charge, big character who will demand one hundred and ten percent from whoever gets picked. So it's going to be tough. But it's one where Newcastle, you know, they'll go into it and they'll feel that there's an opportunity to get in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. That's the big prize on offer. And 
you know, we can't get too excited, but, you know, going into the last eight for this club is something they haven't done since 2006, a long time ago. And um, sadly, you know, the cup record has been atrocious, but this is a chance to put it right. If you can imagine them getting the result at West Brom, it's going to have to be a result because no replays at this stage anymore. Um, and then they get a good draw and suddenly... I mean, say they get a home draw and then the 90 minutes away from an appearance at Wembley, they, this place will be very special. I know sort of younger fans of a different generation, they haven't tasted it. You know, 2006 was the last time it happened. That no, None of the fans have, t- have tasted going to Wembley um, for 20, 20 years. It's it's pretty... It's terrible, really, for, for a club this size. But this is an opportunity and I just hope... Um, I hope the right people at the club will point that out to to the players and say, "This is your opportunity to to give the fans something back here." Because you know, even a trip to a semi final would be reward for the supporters who've stuck with the team, stuck with them today as well. By the way, uh, got right right behind them. Uh, there was a few boos at the end, but I totally accept that because there were boos of frustration. Um, didn't turn on the players, didn't turn on the manager, and I think. I think the fans aren't stupid. They don't understand the limitations of the team. The limitations of the team are there because of decisions not to spend or to bring in certain players on the recommendation of, of scouts. That's another, we could sit and have another complete podcast on that. But but yeah, overall, not the worst result today. Um, but at the end of the day, they've got a platform to build on going forward. Well, there we have it, Lee. Thanks for joining us. We will go out and find Kieran Kelly to wrap up this podcast live from St James's Park. So now joined by Kieran Kelly. Kieran, um, from what we've seen recently of Newcastle, home and away, that was probably one of the better performances um, in context, let me add, to what has been on the pitch in black and white over the last few, few games. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty nervous going into this game for for Newcastle fans because um, when they've obviously changed shape before admittedly very different circumstance when you're chasing a game but it's really not worked out you've almost it's bizarre how you've kind of just accepted the three at the backs of the thing with this team even though they've probably only been playing it a little over a year but it's just almost the idea that they'd shift to four while Bruce has been keen to kind of almost downplay it, it, it did almost seem radical, but I thought that it held up today. I think defensively they were good. Um, you know, when you think of you're playing Danny Rose and have your man Keogh to attack a minded full backs, um, and then, you know, in Fernandez and Lascelles, you know, maybe not the most, most fastest defenders, but I thought the defensive line was solid, it held up. Um, and there was, there was bits and pieces to take encouragement from, and I mean, for me, though, I, I know they had like four shots on target, but Pope didn't really have a serious save to make, did he? I think that is still the issue. They they did look a bit more mobile, a bit, something a bit different up front, but um, you're just thinking it's going to be a few 1-0s to come if they're going to get those couple of wins they need this season. I think um, I don't see the kind of handbrake coming off necessarily, even though they've gone to four at the back. I think they're still going to find those issues going forward, but... Yeah, after last week when they were so shaky at set pieces, when their only two efforts were from distance, um, and when you know a lot of people felt so so deflated after the game, I think this was a, a decent result against an informed side. But they are going to need at least two more wins, and that's the challenge for them now is to to build on that. Um, but at least they know <laughs> they can play with four defenders. 
You mentioned that the defence and the cells. When it when it goes to to back four, some worrying that the cells isn't um, his best you know, when there's just two centre backs. But actually, I thought he had a very good game today against two tricky tricky forwards. Okay, that didn't quite connect for for the Burnley strikers, but. Um, I thought Lascelles had a quite a good game. Fernandez again proving maybe why um, he maybe should be offered um, a, a new deal, in my opinion. Um, but when you have Lejeune and Cher on the bench as well, it's important for the for those two, as in Lejeune, um, as in Lascelles, sorry, and Fernandez that they perform well and keep their places in the side. Yeah, I think the communication was there. You saw even with Dubravka, I think it's probably particularly in the first half was the most we saw Dubravka kind of using his feet for a while, uh, just the need for him to kind of come out of it and uh, to be be in line with his defenders and be on the same wavelength and uh, I think uh, they did yeah as he said you know you you look at Cher and uh, Lejeune we know what they can do on the ball but I think there's a reason why Bruce has stuck with Clark, Lascelles, Fernandez of late because defensively they're probably the most reliable uh, for him um, and yeah it, uh, whatever happens uh, against West Brom and Southampton I think that back four you probably wouldn't change it um, whatever about the little tweaks that they'll have to make up front uh, you know say if Sam Axman comes back in the team I think that defence he would stick with uh, and for Rose you know the loan loan signings have had a bit of criticism you know they're, they're getting game time they're getting that rustiness away again I thought he was pretty decent as well so yeah I think the defence they can take positives from that anyway Given that Gale came back in, hasn't played much football, Mankio came back in, he's been been injured, Shelby as well, and you mentioned, for instance, Rosa again, hasn't played that much. It was pleasing to see that they um, they, they lasted the 90 minutes there, and you know Shelby played very well, in my opinion. Hayden did a decent job. Mankio, though, looked right at home. It looked like he'd never been away, because if you remember at the start of the season, um, he was the informed player. Yeah, I mean... It seems ages since he played, wasn't it? it? Was when all those players hobbled off against Leicester. Um, yeah, I think uh, you know there's a you look at the the right backs has been such a, a shift. You know you've had Hayden play there at times, you've had Yedlin in at times, you had Crafts. You know we have to remember Crafts' start of season was was uh, starting, but I think Mankio is uh, he's proved a lot of people wrong, and perhaps it is because his contract's also coming up for renewal that he's maybe finding that extra gear, but uh, he's defensively been been pretty good and um like I said I don't think you you change that I think Shelby you saw what he brings to the team they've really really missed him uh for me not a coincidence they've struggled um when he's not on the team I know he's one of those players that annoys fans because when he's in the team they lament what he doesn't do when he isn't in the team they often lament you know oh I wish we had him there so he brings something different you know they have a, f- a fair few center mids but he does something very different and uh, it, it was a bit like rolling back the years with him and Gale linking up at times and I think that's that's going to be a key partnership going forward because if they keep Gale fit now for the final 10 games you would say he's in the driving seat to finally get a run of starts at Newcastle and okay he you know you, you look at the chance he had today that he did have a couple that overhead kick was was a brilliant bit bit of thinking from him but you'd, you'd like to think um, you know he has maybe two, three goals in him, and I know that doesn't sound much, but that could be all Newcastle really need between now and the end of the season. If their defence is solid like it was today, uh, getting someone who can get them three league goals up front, given that I think the forwards currently only have four league goals, that would be huge. Let's talk about Almiron. He looked 
a little more comfortable than in the setup that Bruce picked today. Um, he had a lot of joy just running at, at the defence. Um, he's a tireless, isn't he? He just keeps going and going. Um, what did you make of his performance today? Yeah, he's probably the the main one to benefit. Um, it's so rare we've seen him used in a 10, particularly this season. And it's that was really the position he kind of made his name in Atlanta. So I think that was a big, big plus for him to get a chance to play there and I don't think um, Bruce would be in a rush to necessarily put him out wide again if he used to use that system again because uh, you can see what he does it kind of gives him a freer role uh, he's still busy still tracks back but I think it, as you said it just means he can run from deep at defenders defenders like with Sam Axman are not necessarily sure how to to block him off and at the very least it gets Newcastle a free kick so um, yeah I think that that's definitely another positive to take from it just briefly then you're off down to the Hawthorns Tuesday lovely FA Cup fixture on a cold Tuesday night yes. positives to take into the game positives for Steve Bruce and the team to, to build on yeah I think I think this is going to be a really tough game I know a lot of people are maybe thinking West Brom are going to rest a few players but they're the Championship League leaders they're at home it's the Cup um, and those players are going to come in Um are going to be desperate to, to get back in the team so that they can have a, a, a role to play in the running for the promotion race so it's going to be a tough game I think Newcastle have to play even better than they were today because okay today they did okay but I think you have to go up another level when West Brom are really going to be up for this so I think the only consolation is there won't be a replay whatever happens but I think Newcastle have to see this as the best chance it is the best chance they've had in so long to, to get into a quarter final and I know there are a lot of big teams will be left in the quarterfinal but if Newcastle could get someone at home you never know if they could get into the last four which no one would have thought possible at the start of the season so it's, a, it's going to be a tough game but they you know you know these players have it in them to, to pull off a result but they really will have to be better fingers crossed they can make it through into the next round Kieran thank you very much for joining us uh, thank you guys for listening head over to Chronicle Live to keep with it with all the latest Newcastle night news including all the reaction from today's game thank you once again